everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy. And today we have, I don't know how to encapsulate this motherfucker. I really don't. And I say that because he's a really good friend of mine and uh, he's brash. And let's just say that if you saw the thumbnail for this episode, uh, you will know exactly where we're coming from with this. Uh, with this today, my guest is the one and only Ryan Black. Ryan Black is one of those dudes that is just how do I put this? He kind of stands above all odds. I know a little bit about his story and uh, better than most people do. And I can tell you, he's overcome some incredible things to become who he is today. But more importantly, he's one hell of a great teacher when it comes to understanding the psychology of how you are, who you are, and how you show up, including um, a lot to do with like the dating world, because that's what you're actually really mostly known for. Um, but this guy, make no mistake, he's got an insane level of understanding when it comes to understanding people's empathies, uh, their empathies, the sympathies, and what makes them tick. So we're going to be going into all of this and more. Without further ado, Ryan, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. What an introduction. No pressure. No, no pressure, pressure at all now for me no, to no deliver. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. Well, real quick shout out before we get started. Today's episode is sponsored by RyanBlack.us. Head on over, opt into his mailing list, follow his advice. Even if you're even if you're in a relationship right now, or even if you're not looking to be in a relationship and you just want to like relax and have fun, check it out because Ryan's entire mailing list um, will educate you in so many things. And it actually applies both being in a relationship and being single because it's all about self-improvement and essentially getting you out there. So it always works. The things that get you the girl usually keep you the girl or guy if you're into that or whatever. I don't really know. We're just rambling at this point. So with that being said, uh, this show is a please rate, review, subscribe as always. And I'm going to shut the fuck up because my first question to Ryan isn't just going to be how he is, but realistically it's going to be how the fuck did you actually make that transition from... Like, actually, I haven't that transition, but who the fuck were you before you became Ryan Black? Like, tell me about Ryan when you was growing up. Yeah, wow. Okay, so um, pretty much my whole life through, especially, like, teenage years, uh, which is always kind of awkward, through most mm -hmm. of university, uh, and that whole period of time was in a, in a state of uh, pretty... Uh, pretty bad social anxiety, pretty negative thought patterns, uh, pretty limiting beliefs, uh, especially around uh, myself, what I thought of myself, uh, and how I thought other people perceived me. And this is something which, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, before we jump down that rabbit hole a little bit more, I want to go down to a side session here. Like, what are some of the thoughts that you actually had about yourself and like the way people perceived you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so I'd be walking around. So a, a really common thing for me, which I did a post about thinking that it was like, maybe it was just me. And then I had a, a bunch of people commenting and a bunch of, uh, bunch of people on, on the list kind of reply to that email and be like, oh, me too. Wow. Uh, which was like when I was, when I'd be in bed sort of thinking like having my brain sort of whirring away uh, at night, most of my thought patterns were about uh, remembering previous embarrassing things I did and how awkward it was and just like beating myself up in my own head. Like you're such an idiot. Yeah. Um, or, wait, did you ever go through that plot part where you like relived an argument from like seven hours ago or like a week ago? And yeah. Be like, oh, Man, yeah. I like, should have said this and it would have yeah. been so cool. 
absolutely constantly like reliving like if only if like reliving past experiences like if only i'd done this if only i'd done this if only i'd done this and then um or if only i hadn't done that because it was so awkward it was so embarrassing that was just constantly running through my head all the time yeah. to the point where like a really really classic example um that i that i sometimes share is after the first year of university i literally avoided the main strip that everyone walks down to go to uh, to go to class uh, and went a longer way around because I was so I was so essentially terrified of having the embarrassing awkward experience of seeing someone that I know and not saying hi to them or even worse seeing someone that I didn't know and saying hi to them by mistake which was just like oh my imagine imagine oh. accidentally saying hello to someone wait. you don't already know you fucking idiot wait was this that in was the uk or in the us that you that was a uh, university of pennsylvania okay see that's quite interesting because like i had that over here just a couple of weeks ago um except for like it's funny you mentioned that because it's one of those moments where i've had it for years um but i have a quote-unquote cat-like personality so i don't really notice the change until i'm in a similar situation it could be like 10 years i'm like oh that situation doesn't embarrass me anymore because you talking about this my brain goes i actually gen legitimately don't do that anymore when i'm going to sleep the last thoughts in my mind are oh, okay cool i've got a lot of stuff to do tomorrow i'm going to wake up tomorrow and you know i should really try and sleep right now and hey this this video is really relaxing and then i go to sleep like i don't have that anxiety anymore around it but i will say this much and this is why it comes up Last week, I was walking down the street, and I literally thought someone uh, was waving at me, and I did the typical, oh, hey, what's up? And then realized they crossed the street, and they didn't know me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Um, you just sort of keep, keep do the, and just, just go back and say, no, I'm just uh, just adjusting my hair. No, oh, yeah. no, I, mine was worse. I had headphones <laughs> in, so I pretend I was on the phone for like a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no I, I no i thought that was my friend shola and i was like in my own head i'm like that you did think that was your friend it isn't your friend and you just waved at a complete stranger like how dare you you ninny but please continue on sorry that's just like a universal thing i think everyone's kind of gone through um but i think like especially gr like growing up growing up in the uk uh mainly although i would go back and forth like no there's a whole like in general there's like this unspoken social rule uh, like on the tube in like public transport on the tube, like you do not greet or in any way even make eye contact with someone or acknowledge. else. Yeah, in any just in any way, it's like we're we're on this thing together, but like we're not just don't even know. And if you do, you are like if you if you t imagine imagine being on the London tube and turning to the person next to you, and be like, "Good morning, how are you?" Like they just be like, "What the fuck? Who the fuck is this?" Um, I left that the first week in London. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that, I did. I did do that. I was because I was. I just moved to Soho and I had no. I knew no one, so I was on the two. I I literally genuinely did see this really cute girl. I was like, oh, I'm gonna say hi to her. It's like, oh hi, nice to meet you. I'm new to the area. Literally, look of horrors if I just like said hi. I'm a terrorist. Nice to blow you up. Literally that <laughs> level of horror. And I can get away um, with that joke. I'm brown. <laughs> I've, I've had. I've lived that life. <laughs> um. So yeah, and that was that was very much, and just following on from from that experience. So experiences like that of like a girl sort of looking at you in in horror when you just sort of said said something was very much my experience. Also, like from the time I was like ten, eleven, twelve, all the way through like teenage or whatever. Like it was just a like these sort of creatures were completely uh, inexplicable, and 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 you know what they liked and and what they were thinking 
and what they found attractive and stuff like that, I was just like, well, I know, I know one thing. They definitely don't find me attractive. That's for sure. Based on experience, these like numbers of experiences like that. And um, something I often say is like the difference between a guy who sort of gets into this, the kind of material that I teach or whatever, and, and maybe does a program like, like what I do and a guy who like never needs it and just doesn't understand why you'd ever need it can literally just be like one experience, like one early yeah. experience growing up, like massively one, two, like two people look the same in every way. Like everything is exactly the same. One guy on one date, sort of whatever it is, asks a girl out to the prom or something. Um, and she's like, yeah, okay. And he's like, oh, great. That's what, that's how asking people out works. Like you just ask them and they say yes, and it's fine. And yeah, he just never has women. any issues around it at all. And then, or someone like more like me, they have an experience like, hey, do you want to go to the prom? And she's like, oh no. And you're like, oh shit. Uh, uh. And then you just, we go, we get in our, especially guys, right? Analytical guys, logical guys who, um, yeah. you know, we think we're clever and stuff like that. We just overanalyze that interaction literally for the rest of our lives and can just, a lot of the times you can just never get past it. And I was almost, I mean, I was almost there. Like even after, like towards the end of university, I found this sort of material that was out there, this book that some people uh, might have heard of that was that was pretty famous uh, about all the stuff. And, Wait, just um, so, it just, what was the name of that book again? Just so we know, because there is someone in this crowd that will be like, what book is he talking about? Um, uh, the, uh, the book, The Game by Neil Strauss. I don't like Excellent. to, I always feel like I like, what about not mentioning it so the people who know know and the people who don't it's like oh um, I so yeah we could totally go with this but um, there's like there's a couple <laughs> of others ones that are just like that but we're gonna keep um and now. also it, i don't want to say like as if i'm recommending it because actually it did for me it actually replaced a lot of negative limiting beliefs with other negative, negative limiting, limiting well, beliefs that kind of made it so, made a lot of the stuff even worse so the guys that are listening in right now read the book and i would recommend it for one specific reason don't read it to apply it to your life. Read it as the study guide of what advertising is and what's actually possible for what you can do when you transform yourself. That is all possible. But the reason I say don't go and apply this stuff is because a lot of the stuff that, and again, I, I grew up around that. That was my first industry that I wrote for. And that was also how I got more confident in my own right was by going through this kind of stuff. But and Brian can attest to this, as can I. It leaves you with a set of confidence gaps as you get older if you don't fill them. And I went through that. I think it was until I was 26. Even though I had done all this pickup stuff for years, even though I would like built my business, even though I would like done all this stuff, there was like something internally missing in me. And you know, over the years, that's, been, that's kind of gone away. And it's funny you should mention the game because that entire system was based around value like yes. external validation. It was never internally validating who you were as a person. It was always adapting to who someone else was. So in that yeah, way, that's, a, that's, that's an ex, that's almost exactly what I was going to, what I was going to jump in and say. So I was talking to um, a guy who's helping, who's helping me uh, write my book. And he was sort of talking about this. He was sort of phrasing something I'd said in terms of value. And I was like, mm, I don't really want to say it like that for this exact reason. It's like so much of that, so much of that book, what it does is it's like you, you're, most guys are, if they're, they're arriving to read that book from a place where they want some kind of instructional guide to help them with yeah. this as an issue, they're coming from a place where uh, they don't, they don't feel internally like they have value or enough value. Or right? worth. That's certainly, that's or worth, worth, exactly. Yeah, they don't like, have enough worth. 
like that's exact that's very much um how i felt coming into it mm. and the issue is is like there's some there's some techniques and some things and some stuff in there that i guess you could pick out and kind of if you're if you're uh doing all right and you're high self-esteem enough and you know you're you're doing okay you maybe could pick out certain things like oh that's actually kind of a, a cool thing to do like a little like a little cocky funny st like joke or story or something something a little bit playful that you could just throw into an interaction like maybe yeah. but the problem is is like guys are coming from a place where they're not really doing all right and they won't necessarily know what to pick and choose and, and implement so they're just going to like oh i'm just going to follow this system and by following the system and doing these things like what these like what these attractive guys do then i'll be able to change myself enough into the type of person that's going to be attractive to women and that and what that's doing is, is just saying who i actually am in myself is so worthless and and shitty yep. that i need to literally pretend to be somebody else in order to get this result i want and that is re that's really really damaging because you're and just as, as as more as you keep like every time you do one of these things what you're saying to yourself is i'm not enough like i'm not good enough um and it's so subconscious and, it builds up and actually works as a data bank against you as you get older because it just becomes more ingrained in who you are yeah and and exact and that and that's a, that's the thing uh, around value is that it's it's all based on this external idea of value so like you you know, walking they like you walking into a nightclub or whatever and if you're not immediately like uh high-fiving the the manager and and engaging in a conversation with a group of people or whatever as soon as you walk in then they're like you're losing value it's like you're losing value just standing there not talking to anybody and it's like right so i'm not nothing internal is 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 decreasing so what you mean by value is how other people think, how other people perceive me. And so there's this emphasis. We go from, we go from one stage where um, I, we have this ego around sort of how people perceive us, right? This is what, this is what I had, right? I was deeply, yeah. deeply caring. Um, like the anxiety comes from like, I'm so worried about how people are going to perceive me. Are they going to laugh at me? Are they going to ridicule me? Are they going to humiliate me? Am I going to be embarrassed? Are they going to judge me? Are they going to, are they going to criticize me? Are they going to reject me? Right. This is why all this stuff was running in my head. And then they go, oh, yeah, value. These guys teach like, oh, yeah, value is really important. So now you're even more in your head because now it's like, oh, I have to do this technique. And then I have to check around and see, like, what's my value looking like? Are those is the girl like liking it? Is she smiling? Am I getting an indicator of interest? Right. Or, or whatever. So you and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm in the I'm in the place like I'm looking around. Oh, I shouldn't be scanning for opportunities. I should be being cool. I should be talking to someone. And it puts you even more in your head and caring even more about what people, yeah. you know, what people think of you. And so like the, the, the transition for me when you, to, to actually finish answering uh, the question that you put to me right, right at the beginning is the, the transformation was was uh, a certain point where I discovered that there was basically the completely opposite way uh of uh of uh, of of doing things of uh, of doing interactions instead of going to uh nightclub situations and doing what's known as indirect like an indirect method uh hiding your intentions uh using all these kind of lines and making up these stories yep. there was another way where because it was during the day and it was sober and it was a a, a, a slightly unique or different situation you actually have to be upfront and you have to be honest and you have to just explain what's actually really going on in order to make it work. Um, because otherwise it would be very, it would be sort of very weird and incongruent. 
And I was like, oh, so finally there was a way, because I'd been thinking about this for like years to trying to do the stuff and it just didn't work. It's like, surely there's a way to go up to someone and start a conversation just by actually being honest and saying what's actually going on. Like, surely there's a way of doing that. And everyone on the, there was all these, you know, pickup artist forums and stuff like that. And like, no, 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 that's ridiculous. Like, that'll never work. Like, you can't yeah. just say what you actually think and feel like, <laughs> like women will instantly reject you if you don't make up all these lies. <laughs> like, literally that was <laughs> oh, what, I remember. The, what the paradigm was. It's like, you can't just say what you feel. And I was like, surely there's a way of doing that. Like, surely... Surely like before whatever, like 2005 or whatever it was, like surely men and women met by just saying, hi, like, I like you. Like, well, like right? let's go out no? for coffee or something like right? that, right? Like surely that happened. Um, but uh, so, so yeah, and then, and then in doing that and doing, uh, it was a combination of going, you know, trying that method and also becoming uh, somewhat, I wouldn't say, a, yeah, I would say addicted. That's fine. Um, addicted to this kind of we see it a lot now like on uh, there's a lot of youtube channels and stuff like that like simple pickup kind of made it big mm -hmm. but there were those kind of um social experiment channels where they sort of prank people on the you know in uh, on the street and stuff like that and do sort of jokes and, and basically fuck with people on the street um and there's this one particular guy who was the first to sort of combine that he was like doing that and he was also using using some of those uh some of those tools some of those exercises and games and, and and social experiments and stuff as a kind of um as a form of comedy that he then uh it brought into teaching this kind of what was that what was now being called day game yep. and it was that that really sort of transformed everything because in that in that moment like just starting to do those like a few of those exercises it became apparent that like I, I had this this profound realization which is that the your ego is running around in your head and using all this mental capacity and space worrying about what other people think and it's doing that because it's programmed to believe that it's keeping you safe it's like i'm going to make sure you don't do anything stupid so that you don't you get judged and criticized by your tribe and then they kick you out and then you die yeah. So it and thinks no it's doing the service. Yeah. And exactly. no it's like, like um, it's doing it doing it's doing what what it believes is is a service to protect you. Yeah. And in doing these and doing these exercises and actually going out and finally sort of being honest, saying, "Hey, this is this is how I feel." Women and also doing some of these uh, these social experiments where just slightly stepping outside of uh, social norms and being a little bit weird, a little bit unusual. Um, all in the intent, of course, to put a smile on people's faces and just have a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, but in doing those, you realize you have an experience where it's like, well, I did the exact thing that should get me judged or criticized or, or rejected. I did the exact thing where the, the, like the, the, um, the tribe should kick me out. I did the exact thing that my ego is trying to protect me from saying I'll die. And yet when I do it, I don't die. In fact, when I do it, the more I did it, this is what I found, the more I kept kind of looking for opportunities to create a little bit of social tension to create a little bit of awkwardness um to do something a little bit a little bit unusual a little bit weird the more i expressed exactly what i was feeling or thinking to women that i found attractive not only did i not die but really awesome stuff kept happening yep that's something that's quite interesting and i i'm gonna share do you mind if i share just a quick little story because while you're saying that my brain reminded me of like a really fun thing that happened years ago absolutely please, please i was do. 
I was walking through uh, the city that I grew up in, which I'm not going to name, but I was walking through the city. It was in the city center, you know, just a little shopping mall uh, or area. And there was this, so, like, she was a really hot goth. Like, I was, I'm, I'm an equal opportunist, but she was a really hot goth. I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to walk by. And I remember all I said to her as I walked by was I snapped my fingers, looked at her, and went, uh, what was it? Cows go, uh, cows say quack. And then she just looked at me and I was like, what? Prove me wrong. And she literally ended up in a five-minute conversation with her and got her phone number. Awesome. And all that in all, she awesome. actually even asked her friends, like, why would you, like, she literally said to me, you're not my type. I don't usually date guys like you, but that was so funny because it caught me off guard. Now, yep. my question from that, because there is such a, there's um, one observation and a question, and it kind of ties in together. So the observation is it's not so much what you say, but it's who you are that shows up because Back in the olden days, as you said, if you're not lying to the girl, if you're not telling a routine or a story, they're going to shoot you down. But the reality is the amount of times I've started a conversation with literally the worst opener of all time, we all know which one that is, right? So, um, well, there's, there's, there's many, but it's, it's, funny you, it's funny you say that. So oh, no, I mean, off- I mean in the pickup community, like the worst opener they would tell you never to say. They would tell you never to say. Yeah, um, you don't do this because no girl will ever talk to you. Like this is back in '05 to like 2010. Which what? Which one is that? For me, it's hey and how are you? It's like never walk up to girls like right. hey, how are you today? Like no woman will ever talk to you. And I was like, um, no, that never happens. It's the exact opposite. Uh, yeah, it's funny because after after getting uh, this stuff and and spending a lot of time going out, doing uh, meeting a lot of uh, women, having a lot of interactions in daytime situations in different way and doing this sort doing this kind of honesty thing and getting the structure behind it and then teaching and all this stuff. Uh, way later, I did a, I did just a fun, like literally just like a fun experiment where I was like, Oh, I'm going to do all the old, like all those old mystery method things open as like, but during, like during the, as like during the day, basically. So it's like literally like getting in front of something and going be like, Hey, so me and my friends were having a debate. And who do you think lies more, men or women? Like stuff like that, like old school mystery method bullshit. And they're like, what friends? What are you talking about? Um, and what was funny is like that stuff like shouldn't work. And it's the exact opposite of what I think is, is good. But exactly as you put out, because the person who was showing up was someone who was doing it in like a playful, fun way. Yeah. And they could sort of, I had like a slightly cheeky smirk when I couldn't, like literally even just saying it, like it makes me, you've got like the biggest smile because it's so dumb. <laughs> right. So because of that, the person that was showing up, it didn't matter that I was doing an indirect Open line or whatever, or whatever. Yeah. Because the person who was showing up was like, Oh, this, this guy seems to be fairly present and comfortable in himself and playful and a little bit funny and interested in me and, you know, bit weird looking, but like, you know, de- decent enough, decent enough. Uh, might as well continue talking to him. So, and from um, like from experiences, I've found that most people are actually in, the, in their own heads because they think they're weird looking. Like they could be absolutely gorgeous, but they're like, no, I think I'm weird looking. What the hell? And then just judge themselves. So you'd be yeah, surprised that's a, how easy it is you can have a conversation with someone. That's a that's a huge that's a huge one. The the book for that, which I always recommend everyone, is the uh, Psycho Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Great um, book. Who 
the the cyber the psycho cybernetics institute is now owned by dan kennedy yeah he I basically believe. bought it out in 1985 i believe because like he ended up buying the rights to it now the question i have and brilliantly we jumped in psych cybernetics because this talks a lot about it but i want your interpretation of it so say for instance you actually built that inner character you know who you are but again let's say that you're because there are some people who would have read this and actually would have applied the old school methods or whatever there was they're still kind of like damaged with their confidence not being where they want it to be like for for whatever reason they're going out getting results people like them but no matter what happens no matter what good things happen in their life they're still always thinking yeah why is this happening i don't get it i'm just a regular person my confidence is in eh. i don't feel that superb no one wants to be with me in that way or like my thing's never going to break through how do they overcome that confidence because like it's Actually, I'll ask this better. Uh, I'll ask this in a better way. Externally, everyone thinks they're confident. Internally, they're completely unconfident. How do they fix that gap between the two areas? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So I've I've two things to say. One on confidence in general. One specifically for that. Um, so I'll probably say I'll probably say that first. That I think that comes from essentially any like. And what psycho psycho cybernetics kind of uh, talks about a lot is whatever it is that whatever set of beliefs that you've decided upon, you will look, you will see reality and you will filter reality in order to confirm the beliefs that you already have. Mm. So if that person is like, I am whatever it is, I am, I am not an attractive person, then they're going to literally filter away those times when like whatever it is like a pretty girl like actually looks around and sort of looks at them they'll yeah. filter that away and they'll focus on and imprint into their minds and remember the times when uh they sort of say oh morning to a girl or whatever and she's like looks at them like Ugh. um so that like the the first thing is is to is to whenever you find yourself having that kind of negative self-talk or, conf or confirming those things, just go like, well, what if the opposite's true? And then actively go and try and look for an opportunity to prove that opposite thing true. So be like, maybe I am actually uh, attractive or whatever, and go, you know, go up to someone and say hi, and actually look, at the, look for an opportunity to do something, something small that will actually confirm the new opposite belief. Oh, um, awesome. the second thing though on, con on confidence is, uh, and, uh, one of the, one of, uh, my good friends and a great, great trainer in this area and, and, uh, social interaction in general, Marcus Oki, uh, says, Love fucking Marcus. I miss him. Yeah. yeah Marcus is, is awesome. Um, is, uh, he says confidence is bullshit. And what he means by that is the thing that's the thing that's actually attractive and the thing that you actually need to develop isn't confidence itself because confidence confidence if you have if you're willing to have enough experience confidence will actually just happen that's like it doesn't matter in in any in in any area right like so learning a learning a song learning a song for the first time on whatever your instrument is right the first time you look at the music or listen to it or start to play it you play it unconfidently it will be very challenging for most people so if you like stand up on stage and play this in to a to a crowd of people for the very first time, you're literally going to sight read it and then play it to people. 
most people would feel very nervous and very and play it very unconfidently in that uh, in that scenario. But as long as they're if you're at, willing to just be at home and do it over and over again, the more you do it over and over again, the more you'll feel a lot more confident playing it, and then you'll be more many people will be more than happy to perform in front of people. So the the problem is is that guys when it comes to something like interactions with uh, a you know a woman that they find attractive, they're simply not willing to have enough experiences they're simply not willing to put in enough reps in order to for that confidence to just naturally happen because they're so terrified of one of those interactions going wrong or not the way that they wouldn't want it to go or something bad happening or being rejected or whatever it is so the trick is not to focus on confidence which will naturally happen if you just do enough reps it's actually to focus on indifference indifference being the uh, a lack of emotional attachment to any one particular outcome. So the reason, mo the reason most people, and this, this then goes right into stuff around uh, mindset around entrepreneurship, because it's basically exactly the same thing. Um, the trick is most people, uh, most guys, especially they see, they see an opportunity and it's probably like a fairly rare uh, opportunity for them. Um, there's not a lot of volume. They're not constantly sort of interacting or meeting or speaking to a lot of different women and feel like they have a lot of options. So they're kind of in scarcity mode. There's this one opportunity is sort of handed to them. Like uh, the, a friend at a party is like, hey, you should meet, you should meet my, uh, my, my female friend, whatever. And they sort of make this warm introduction. It's like, oh my God, this, you know, really hot girl right here. It's, oh, I, I need to. And then they, they get in their head because now they're like, oh, I have to make this one specific interaction go well. I have to make sure that I that this girl likes me. I have to make sure that I, um, you know, make a right move at exactly the right time, and I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. Because if I fuck it up, who knows when the next one is going to come along like this? Yeah. And so, so they they build up all these expectations, and they um, then emotionally attach themselves to like the outcome has to be exactly this. And if it isn't, I'm, I'll be devastated. So and if that's your creating unrealistic expectations. Yeah. And it's, and it's emotionally attaching to them. And then that feeling that, that the, how you arrive in that interaction will, will people will sense, especially women who are much more emotionally intelligent than men on average. Um, they will sense neediness, which is basically the least attractive trait you can possibly have. Right. Yeah, like is... I need this to work out. I need this to go well. I need you to like me. And the people just instantly move away from that. It's quite interesting you say that because I was analyzing my speech patterns and I realized I tend to actually use the words I need every so often. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? So, so I like switching that out into like I want or um, how I'd want to like pursue. But it's funny you should say that because women can actually tell uh, what a guy is thinking. Well, emotionally, can kind of pick up on that. And neediness is one of my one of my friends that actually did tell me this when I was dealing with this own crap myself. But like neediness is the equivalent of a, the woman. The moment a woman senses neediness, that is the equivalent of you killing her lady boner permanently. Yeah, exactly right. And so the and so the the in right the exact opposite, which should probably be the most attractive right of neediness, is indifference. It's like I'm. I'm interested in you. That's why I've come up and I'm saying hi or whatever, but I don't need this to go any one way. I don't need you to like me. 
right? And so everything that flows from that, uh, that kind of indifference, you will just, it's like, I'm going to say what I feel like saying, and I'm going to speak how I speak. And I'm going to, I'm going to say a bunch of random shit that I'm feeling and I'm thinking. And if you're on board with that, awesome, let's continue the interaction. And if you're not, that's totally cool. There's plenty of other, there's plenty of other people. And when you come with that attitude, then that instantly makes it more attractive. And, and the, the, the paradox is the more you sort of invest and need it to go well, the less likely it is to go well. Yep. And the less you care if it goes well or not, the more likely it is to go well. Man, well, isn't that just an allegory for life at times? Yeah. Like, I really want clients. You're not going to get clients. I don't need any more clients. Everyone shows up at your door. <laughs> And, uh, and I, I think it's, I think it's exactly this, like a lot of the stuff uh, I see, there's a lot of parallels in, in entrepreneurship because um, I see, you know, people, they're like, oh, I want to, I want to, uh, whatever, build this business or something. And it's like, cool, do a, do some, uh, do like a Facebook post, uh, organic Facebook post where you sort of tell your story and then talk about the, talk about like the, the business or talk about your new offer. And they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's like okay well it's like oh i've got all these i've got all my you know friends and people and, and people i know on my facebook like what if they what if they criticize me for for you know oh look at you with your with your online business you <laughs> so it's like oh so so the the um the the potential negative feedback from some mate of yours that's doing nothing with their life that you're still friends with from high school Right. So then the potential negative feedback of that person is going to prevent you from doing, from doing the, like pushing forward with the business that you know, that you want to do, that's going to make, that's going to make you money and give you the lifestyle that you want to have and make you happy. So other, what other people might think is more important than your own happiness. Yeah. That's literally exactly the same as what, what guys are doing when they're like, Oh, I, I want to go up and talk to that girl, but other people might see me do it and then she might reject me and then they might everyone might be like oh he's he's being weird and it's like oh right so make the potential negative feedback from some random person you're never going to see again is more important than your own happiness of like going for it and and going for what you want in life and getting and and potentially getting the you know uh, getting an amazing girlfriend or at least having an awesome interaction with uh with an you know an attractive person and finding out something about them like that's yeah. fuck that it's more important about what other people think, which again yeah. ties right back to the ego, right? We're just listening to that little voice way too much. Entirely. It's that whole thing that kind of like that voice can make or break you entirely. And it's one of the truest things out there, especially when it comes down to how we see and think things. Um, and something I do want to actually jump on to right now, just for a moment is how like we've already discussed how all this kind of applies to entrepreneurship as is and how like these skills are universally learned. I mean, that's something I always tell people is that when I started out, the only reason I got to where I am today is because I spent so much time doing um, in, in the pickup world, in that specific dating world, because you find so many things about selling and interaction and human connection and empathy and all the psychology that you need for a really strong mindset belief in that world that can apply everywhere. And again, guys, go check out Ryan's stuff. He's fucking awesome for it. Um, but the question I have for you right now that kind of ties this in into a little bit deep, uh, into just a little bit more deepness, it would be around um, the books that you read. Because as Wayne Dyer likes to say, whatever you put, or whatever you pull or put into your brain, when you get squeezed or like triggered, that's what comes back out. So what are you putting into your head? So my question to you would be, what are five books that you would recommend every person read 
in order to actually become not just better with social interaction, but overall interaction with humanity in every area of their life? Yeah, great question. So uh, one that I uh, got through recently, which is actually a recommendation from, uh, from Ian Stanley, uh, who's an awesome copywriter, um, yep. is uh, a book called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. Mm-hmm. And that, what the, the core message of that book is, I think actually it's encapsulated in a quote, which I, uh, which I shared recently where he says, so you can, you can either spend your life deciding exactly how you want things to be right. Your equals like personal preferences, right. Deciding like everything should happen exactly this way and then fighting against reality to make it so, or you can just trust that reality is the way you can accept reality is the way it is and trust that the entire universe might know a little something about how things should be going and just go with it instead of fighting against it. Uh, And I think that that just ties right into this idea of just of just acceptance, which is something something I was uh, one of the concepts that I, I teach in the uh, the webinar that I just did, and something I was actually having a, a really interesting conversation with my girlfriend just last night about, um, which is basically there's sort of there's these two bits of acceptance. So the the first thing, um, which ties into what we were talking about before, is acceptance of yourself, right. like just acknowledging I'm I'm as I am right now. I'm good enough. Like I'm okay. Of course, there's room for there is room for improvement. I want to I want to de- you know develop myself, work on myself, uh, sharpen my skills, work on some of my weaknesses. But I'm doing that for myself to be a better version of me for me, not because I need to prove anything to anybody else. I'm not changing right. myself so that other people will like me. I'm doing it because I want to be a better version of me, and I accept my like when I when I arrive into an interaction. I'm like, I am good enough to be here. I'm just, just as good enough to be here as anybody else. Right. Um, and number two is acceptance of external reality of like what things happen. Right. So that goes, ties back into indifference where it's like, I go into a situation and I'm okay with the uncertainty of whatever might happen, happen. And whatever happens is what happened. So instead of being like, Oh, that's, that's not what I wanted. Ah, just be like, Oh, cool. That's interesting. That's not what I was expecting. And then either be like, cool, what can I learn from it? Can I get some feedback from it that can help me improve in a future interaction? Or is it just a kind of random thing that's, you know, kind of out of the blue and, and, and uh, just telling me maybe more about that other person than something to do with me? Um, instead of what, what most guys do, especially, is they go in, they do their best, they try an interaction, something happens, it's not quite what they were expecting. And they take it as though this person is telling them something about themselves. They're like, oh, this person rejected me and I'm crushed. And it's like, they don't know anything about you. It's just a completely random stranger you just met. How can they, they don't have any deep insight into who you are as a human being. They're not rejecting you, the person. They're just like, I'm not sure about this situation. It's not really what I feel like doing right now. Sorry. And it's like, just accept that that's what happened and take what you can from it and move on. Um, So Surrender Experiment, great book. Um, Number two is a book called The Courage to Be Disliked. And that is a, I believe it's actually translated from a, uh, from a Japanese book, but it's basically a, a modern kind of summary and analysis of uh, the work of Adler, 
the psychologist Adler. Mm -hmm. um, and almost every single thing said in that book is uh, jives perfectly with what I, with what I teach um, and following in from what I actually, what I just said, one of the, one of the great uh, lessons in that book is <clears throat> there's a Adler says that we we're all on our own path or journey. He uses a specific word um, for it. Like we're, we're all pursuing our own tasks or something, but we're basically we're all on our own journey. We're all on our own right. path. We're all doing our own thing here. And other people's perception of you, like what other people think of you is their path and their journey. What other people think of you is nothing to do with you. It is 100% to do with them. And I think that's a really, that's a really powerful. Lesson. I wrote that down. Just I literally wrote that down. It separates that out of just like, well, they're, they're doing a whole bunch of thinking and perceiving in their head and they have all these ideas about you. And that's completely, that, that's completely them. That's all them. Yeah. And it's a really, it's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a really cool thing. Both, uh, both myself, um, and, uh, and my girlfriend do a very similar thing when people sort of crit, we've got both online, got a lot of criticism about the whole Corona thing. Cause oh we're both God. like, mm, I'm not really buying this whole thing. Like we're not really going outside with masks on and stuff like that. And so we're both getting like, she has, she has hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers and stuff like that. So, um, lots of people are criticizing us and we, she does, a, she just sends like a, people send all this hate stuff and she just sends like the, like a, the prayer hands and a yoga thing of just like, just cool. Thank you. Great. Like no fighting back and arguing and stuff like that. And it's just like, and, and I, I just do a very, very similar thing. Like, like I get co comments in on, uh, on Facebook and stuff like that. Like you're being, you're, you know, being an idiot, whatever. And I just send like a thumbs up. I'm like, cool. Great. Right? I, I what, saw that with what you think. I saw that like, with the ad that you sent me that day. Um, quick question, just because I'm writing these down because I did take notes. What was the first book again? The Courage to Surrender, the, wasn't it? The Surrender Experiment. Surrender by Experiment. Michael, by Michael Singer, yeah. Um, second one is The Courage to be Disliked. Uh, following on from that in a, in a similar vein uh, would be um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Great book. Um, as well, which kind of uh, goes into... Uh, goes into uh, a lot of ideas that I think are great. Again, uh, basically around that indifference idea that we were uh, that we earlier. were that we were talking about. Um, Psychocybernetics would be would be one which we mentioned earlier, which would probably be number four. Um, and you know what? It's a it's like it might be sort of trite or whatever and, and obvious, but I think there's a lot of great stuff in it uh, still, even though probably everyone's read it. Um, but uh, how to win friends and influence people is a great is book. a absolute classic and fantastic. And there's a lot there's a lot of great stuff in there. Agreed. Did you actually ever hear the fact that it might have been uh, Victor Schwab that actually wrote the book? I did not know that. Yeah. That so is, that's that's that, interesting because Victor Schwab actually wrote the um, he wrote the ad that sold the book. Right. Right. So that he wrote the original, but people think that he actually ghost wrote the book on behalf of Dale Car uh, Carnegie, like Carnegie paid him to like ghostwrite and then market the book as on his behalf. So that I would not. Very interesting. Which and Shakespeare be? didn't write his Shakespeare as well. And, it, and that whole thing. Yeah. There's like a whole thing where Shakespeare apparently was like 26 other people all together at once or something ridiculous. It's like a collective. 
Um, he was like a, he's like a, it was like, he was just a bacterium of, <laughs> of just people. Things. Yeah. He was just, uh, I can't remember what they're even called. God damn it. He was a reptilian. He was actually a reptilian. That's what, that's, that's what, it, what it actually just was. Reptilian shapeshifter. That's all. Um, <laughs> he's the reason. But one of the things I was going to say, one of uh, Dale Carnegie's lesser known books is how to stop worrying and start living. Like that yes. book does not get like mentioned enough, my in my opinion. But like I'm gonna tack that onto this one because actually, yeah, I'm gonna I want to add a I want to add a, a a six, which is no more Mr. Nice Guy. Okay, then we'll uh, make the other one seventh then. Yeah, <laughs> seven <laughs> books, damn it. So no more Mr. Nice Guy. Tell me about that. I think that's 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 useful for helping helping guys because basically, especially the the type of guy that I. Uh, I speak, I mean, I had a, I had sort of my absolute classic uh, client avatar on a call just yesterday. Uh, and we had an awesome sort of two hour, two hour um, coaching call chat. And he's signing up to my, uh, my um, weekend course uh, for this weekend. And he was absolutely classic. He was like uh, mid, mid, mid thirties, early thirties, software engineer. Uh, and Starting like starting his own business, uh, being an entrepreneur, getting clients to uh, to do like advanced web design stuff for like uh, sort of like uh, software as a service businesses, like just absolutely like my type of guy. And for that for that type of guy, they if we have this sort of spectrum of on one end it's like absolute absolute sort of one hundred percent people pleasing, um, uh, sort of very passive kind of not wanting to rock the boat uh, and whatever it is. And on the other side, just like a brash oaf who has absolutely no self-awareness whatsoever. And it's just like behaves like a complete idiot and doesn't even realize that he's offending everyone around him. Um, then the, the, the issue with, with that type of guys, like we and me, like who, who I was like that, that nice guy kind of person is we, we care so much about, sort of how, how others are thinking and how we might be perceived. And we worry so much about sort of doing and saying the right thing and, and, and not, wanting to, not wanting to create tension or do anything that might be a little bit awkward, that we stay very on this one side towards um, sort of people pleasing and stuff like that. And we never really, we never really, we're not willing to kind of push that pedal down and experience the full range of emotions and the full range of tension that we're able to create to obviously it's too far on the other side in terms of in terms of like actually creating so much tension that you you make things really awkward and you offend people but we never experience that range and so um the point about uh no more uh, mr nice guy and, and, and books like it it's just like just for that for that type of person try and just go a little bit what you think is a little bit too far over to the other side like go a little bit too far to just saying some saying what you think even if it might create a bit of tension or be a bit awkward or someone might be a little bit offended just ex just experiment with pushing that a little bit because then what you're able to do is after doing after at least experimenting with that and giving it a go a lot of the time you'll find well actually what i thought would be would be like super awkward and offensive actually is totally fine you experience there's a lot more range and you can get away with a lot more yep. that's certainly one thing that that um my guys experience when I take them out and, and we do the, um, the social experiments, the social freedom exercises, 
it's like we do some stuff where they're like expecting all these terrible things are going to happen. It's going to be super awkward. Everyone's going to see. It's going to be so, so embarrassing. People are going to be like pointing and shouting. And when none of that happens, I'm like, isn't that interesting? And they're like, yeah. I was like, imagine what else you can actually get away with. And they're like, wow, oh my God. And suddenly all these possibilities open up. But the point is like, go push and experiment with that range so that you can find that balance in the middle where you're not being a complete pushover. You're not constantly trying to reduce tension and just agree with everything that, for example, there's a very common people pleasing thing is guys will just agree with whatever the girl says, right? Yeah. Or they'll just be like, yeah, the other person oh my said. God, wow. Oh my God, wow. Oh my God, wow. All the time. Um, and it's like, that's amazing. Instead of just being willing to poke a bit and prod a bit and be like, really, is that your bet? Is that really, that's really, that's, that's it. That's all you got. Um, and just kind of poke them because they're just like, Oh, I don't want it. I don't want it to be awkward. So by experimenting with that, we can find that middle ground where we're still, a, we're still a, like a good person, a nice person. We're still respectful. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're not being like an asshole, but, we're also willing to create that bit of tension um, and poke a bit and be a bit sort of cocky and cheeky and playful um, and sort of take the piss a bit, um, which creates a bit of tension. And that tension creates emotion. And that emotion is what makes conversations and interaction have a momentum and be interesting and fun. Yeah, I agree. That That's actually very powerful. It's interesting what you can get away with and Sometimes when you do push back, you end up having some of the best conversations you could ever have with anyone. Um, and I can't believe like our times almost come to an end. How crazy is that? Doesn't even feel um, like it's been that long. <laughs> well, I actually want to. I want to follow. I want to follow on from that point. In, oh, in please, by all means, entrepreneurship as well, which is that I think it's it's a really similar thing. Like people, people are often very uh, like a business owner will often be very worried. It's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to send this out to my list because it feels a bit pushy or it feels a bit salesy or like they're so worried about like the, the tension that might be created. Like, I don't want anyone to unsubscribe. So it's like, well, if you want to send something that's like so safe that everyone's going to like it, then it's a bit, oh, you know, good, like, I don't know if, if who said, who, who said this, if you know the thing, but it's like the worst, the worst compliment you can get is like where you send something out and you get a, a response back of like, oh, well, like really well-written email or whatever. Because yeah. it's like, you, if you're getting a lot of those, you're probably not getting a lot of sales. Yeah. Right? Like, so you, it's like, you either get unsubscribes or you get sales. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing. Like being willing to exactly when I'm teaching, I'm uh, doing a, a mini course right now on kind of messaging, like online messaging and texting and stuff like that for, um, for guys. And one of the things I say is like, the type of message that I want to send is one where either um, she comes back with like, LOL. And then we're just like, okay, cool. It's on. Or they, they like block me or they're like, Ooh, you're gross. Right. I want that. I want to be that divisive. Find I it. have to be willing to be that divisive. And it's exactly the same with sending, like sending stuff to your list. It's like, you have to be willing to, to push and be a bit divisive and create some tension in people and be willing to accept the fact that, um, you know, you're probably going to get, people coming back being like uh you know screw you or whatever and maybe some people um unsubscribing but the and the benefit of that is the more that you're getting people unsubscribing or coming back like you're probably getting a bunch of, you're probably getting a bunch of sales i think it was dan kennedy as well who said like if you haven't offended somebody Every by day. like 
like yeah by the you know by like 10 a.m every day then you're not then you're not you know marketing hard enough or whatever yeah you're not going hard in the paint it's crazy like how so many things actually interact when you look at like how human and social development interact into business and marketing and so few people actually want to see the mold between the two hell there's so many things that you covered in here that people can just use applicably in their dating life, their personal life, and their business life. So the first thing I'm going to tell everyone to do is go find this man and please stalk him because I guarantee you, you will actually laugh your ass off. And as I said, he's quite polarizing. So you'll, you'll either piss you off so much that you'll leave or you'll be like me and invite him onto your podcast and laugh your ass off with him to the point that I can actually say this. I'm still pissed off. We didn't do this this one time. I made Ryan laugh so hard last week that he found a new vein in his forehead. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, we is would, true. you literally freaked out. You're like, what is this vein in my forehead? I've never seen it before. I don't even remember what I said to make you laugh. Oh, there it is. It's making a reappearance. Dude, it's making a reappearance. No. Like, look, no. look, 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 can you see it? You can see it. I hope you guys Damn can. you. You've made it. You've created it. Oh, shit. Yeah. There. Wait, wait. You've hold created on. it. And it's, I'm it's... taking a photo. <laughs> Posterity, <laughs> got it. <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> Damn you, Marcy! <laughs> this is how we your vein-creating humor. <laughs> how you make someone laugh so hard they pop a vein? That 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 should be a whole thing. But no, guys, please go check Ryan's shit out. He's one of the coolest dudes you'll meet. And if you're in business, um. Follow him anyway. Look, this guy's stuff applies universally. Yes, it's niched down towards the self-developed male dating side of stuff, but it works so universally. Follow him. If you're single, fucking buy his stuff. What's wrong with you? He will literally help your shit. Uh, he'll help your shit basically pop off a little bit better, and he's just a really good guy. Um, and as always, please rate, review, subscribe, and comment on this podcast. Have a great weekend. Apply some of these things. Order the books that we've actually mentioned and have a kick-ass time uh, doing so. Report back what you get. And uh, as I said, find him, follow him, and annoy him because it'll be funny as shit as you do. Ryan, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me. Take care, guys.